the number one way to evangelize the world around us. The number one way to evangelize the world around us. I want to thank Weston for leading singing and, and the growth that, that he has shown in the, in the last year or two. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing when, you're, when you go all in, it's amazing what happens. Um, the number one way to evangelize the world around us. The number one way. Got a text message Friday. It's one of those times you, uh, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have looked at my phone. Is Eric? And he said, Doug's still feeling bad. You and I, Sunday, sort of. It's kind of like that. You and I, Sunday, which one you want? I said, uh, you know, it's a text message, so I had a little bit of time to think about it. You know, sometimes, well, your text message didn't go through for a couple hours, you know, the old standard excuse there. So I thought about it, and, and this, is, this is soccer season, the greatest, greatest time of the year. Um, and the girls, my, my, my high school girls soccer team, were supposed to be in Sky Took all day yesterday. And this is Friday, and I know I got practice after school, and and uh, supposed to be in Sky, took all day yesterday scrimmaging, and man, I'm gonna have time to write a sermon. Usually it takes me a couple months to put something together, but I typed back, yes, I'll take the evening. And uh, well, I'll just stay up late Friday, or I'll stay up late Saturday, and I'll, I'll, I'll get something together. Friday night, I get an email from the Sky, took girls coach. And it says, due to the cold temperatures, the tournament is canceled. Now I had all day Saturday to work something up for a sermon. It's amazing when you go all in or you say yes to God, how things work out. So the number one way to evangelize the world around us. The number one way to evangelize the world around us. In my office um, at school, I, I had a company make me some banners, six foot by three foot banners, and, and every good idea I've really stolen from somebody. So there's a principal in Virginia that I actually kind of stole this idea from, but um, he doesn't know that, so if none of you will tell him, that'd be great. But um, the banners are, are brick walls, made to look like a brick wall. And it, there's graffiti on them. And one of them, graffiti writing, is, is all in. And the other one is relentless. And, and so if this is the corner of my office, one of them's on this wall right here, goes to the corner, and the other one goes that way along that corner. And so when I walk into my office, those are the first two things, six foot by three foot on my wall that I see. All in and relentless. My desk is right there. I got one of those really cool standing desk things. If you don't have one, look into that. Those are pretty neat if you, if you work at a desk. But I stand there and I look at those every time I'm in my office. All in and relentless. And the reason I put those up there is because I want to remind myself every single day 
to be all in and relentless for every single kid that walks through our doors at school. But as I look at those every day, I started thinking, that's kind of what Jesus was. He was all in. He was all in through the things he suffered. It talks about that in scripture. He was all in. The things he suffered, Hebrews 5, verse 8. He was all in, even to the point of the death on the cross, Philippians 2, 8. He was relentless. He talked to anybody that had an ear. And it didn't matter where he was. It didn't matter how tired he was. He talked to anybody that had an ear. So all in and relentless, not only just for my kids, but I thought, am I all in for Christ? Am I relentless for Christ? So Eric, this morning, took, he didn't take, but he used some stuff that I was going to talk about. The love, the sacrificial love that was shown on my behalf. Jesus' love for us was all in. His love for me was all in, even to the point of the death on the cross. And I don't know anybody, some of you are great people, but I don't know anybody that's willing to die for me like he did. So, the question I have to ask myself, and maybe this applies to you, is am I all in and relentless when it comes to reaching the lost? Or is that a convenient time when I have time to reach the lost? If I'm all in, that means every single second of the day. If there's an opportunity, do I take that every single time that it shows itself? Am I all in and am I relentless to reach the loss? That bothers me a little bit because I'll be honest with you, I'm not always all in and I'm not always relentless. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. If you have your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. My Bible has a little heading. It says the lukewarm church. So this is a little bit of a, a part two. Eric was talking to me this morning. I said, it's kind of a part two from the Devo, I guess. Um, maybe I don't know if I got, if I said everything that I wanted to say when I gave the Devo about getting out of your comfort zone. So I guess this is part of, kind of a part two, if you will. Uh, starting at verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say... I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, 
and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I got to thinking about talking about the comfort zone. And I got to thinking and looking at my all-in banner and my relentless banner. And I just asked myself, are you hot, cold, or lukewarm? Sometimes that's not a very good feeling when you ask yourself that because I don't want to be lukewarm because it says I will vomit you out of my mouth. So I said it kind of relates to the comfort zone. Look at verse 17. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. That sounds to me a little bit like the happy and comfortable that we talked about when I gave the Devo a couple weeks ago. Do I sit back and I say, well, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I got a pretty good life. I belong to the Lord's church. I got, there's, it's a loving congregation that I attend. Lots of Christian brothers and sisters. Great wives, great daughters, great family, great extended family. Great workplace. Am I happy and comfortable and I have need of nothing? All in and relentless. Relentless is never stopping. Relentless is not, I've made it. I'm good. So then I go down to verse 19 and I see the word zealous. Be zealous. And I think about, I, I, was, I was just watching this afternoon, I was watching that movie Hacksaw Ridge, and, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there was, a, there was a point in there and they were talking about the Japanese soldiers and they said they're willing to die. They'll, they even run towards you and they'll die. And then I think about some of the, some of the Islamic faith and I think about these people are so zealous for their faith, they're willing to blow themselves up. Now, however misguided that is, and it is, no doubt, but boy, that's zealous for their faith. And I, walk, and I see somebody that I know is lost, and I don't even talk to that person. Zealous. If you're not sure what that means, kind of like me, I, I thought I had a good idea, but I found a good definition for it. Zealous is intense enthusiasm. I think most of you know me. If we start talking about soccer, I'm pretty zealous about that. I got some intense enthusiasm for soccer. 
and some other things. But am I that way when it comes to Christ and the lost? Or am I sitting back saying, I don't need anything. So am I zealous for God or am I just going through the motions? I show up on Sunday morning, I show up on Sunday night, I show up on Wednesday night. Am I just going through motions? Or am I really zealous for God? Am I really listing ways how can I serve God? Eric was giving his sermon this morning, and that was one of the things I wrote down. How can I serve God? How many ways can I serve God? How many ways can I serve others? Which is one of the things he talked about this morning. Sacrificial love, serving our fellow Christians, brothers and sisters, doing the work together. How many ways can I do that? And you start listing those things. Well, I could do this. Well, I could do this. Well, I could do this. And then you start saying, do I do that one? Do I do that one? Do I do that one? If we're talking about the Great Commission or we're talking about Save One Soul, and I'm not checking very many of those boxes of, I do that, I do that, I do that, or I need to do that better, am I really all in or relentless? Turn, if you would, to Titus chapter 2. I hope this makes sense. It makes sense in my brain, but you know how that goes sometimes. A lot of stuff makes sense in your brain, and then it starts coming out of your mouth and speaking a whole other language. Titus chapter 2, we'll start with verse 1. My Bible, again, it says qualities of a sound church, and I want to make sure I'm doing my part for the Lord's church to be sound. So I, so I read this here. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they may be, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. To be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. So I read some of those things and I start applying that stuff to myself. Is that me? Am I that way? Am I reverent? Am I temperate? Am I sound in faith? In love? In patience? Those things that verse 2 talks about. And I really have to check myself. I go on down to verse 14 of chapter 2. And it says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Every lawless, everything I've done, he redeems me from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own 
special people, here it is, zealous for good works. Intense enthusiasm for good works. So again, I have to ask myself there, is that me? I'm going to suggest five ways to be all in and relentless for evangelizing the world around us. The number one way to evangelize the world around us, be all in and relentless. That's it. That's the number one way to evangelize. Be all in and relentless. I'm going to suggest five points. Five ways to become all in and relentless. Number one. Attend every gathering. Attend every gathering. Be around fellow Christians. Be around brothers and sisters in Christ. They will encourage you. They will strengthen you. They will help you. They will, it's amazing. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Eric talked about that uh, this morning a little bit. Uh, don't forsake the assembly. Uh, stir up good, good works and love among the brethren. Attend every gathering. Number two, study every chance you get. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to show yourself approved. No, be able to rightly divide the word. Study every chance you get. Number three, partake in good works every chance you get. List how many ways I can be involved in good works and then be involved in them. You'd be surprised how it, it, it changes your, your attitude. It, it, it's worked for me. I, I still am not where I need to be with that. But boy, it sure does make a difference when I know that I'm involved in something, especially servant work, that's helping others, sacrificing time, you know, just maybe just giving them some time and, and doing some of that stuff. So good, be involved in good works every chance you get. Um, Ephesians 2.10 and again Hebrews 10.24, the two scriptures there. Ephesians 2.10 and Hebrews 10.24. Number four, and these are not in a, these are not in a, Hey, this is the most important all the way down to the lead. Number four, pray every chance we get. Pray every chance we get. Pray when you're driving down the road. Pray, pray when you have a moment of silence. Um, I love driving to work. I love driving to my mission. It's not really work. Um, farming's work. Um, I don't consider my job really work. It's, it's more of a mission. But um, I don't even, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I find myself thinking about ways, what, what do I need to do today to show other people Christ in me? How, what, what can I do that maybe shows somebody that, hey, you need to come over here and talk to me because I have something that you need. Pray every chance you get. 2 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Number five. Be an example in everything you do. Be an example 
Now this is 1 Timothy 4.12, and I know that's speaking to Timothy, but all of those things apply to us. 1 Timothy 4.12, I think sometimes we say, well, you know, this, this says let no one despise your youth. But listen, be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Who doesn't that apply to? It sure does apply to me. Be an example to others. And I also listed 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. We were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Be an example in everything you do. If we're not, if we are not all in, or we're not being relentless, or if we're just going through the motions, and, and we, we don't really push the Great Commission like we're supposed to, and we don't show the sacrificial love that Eric talked about this morning, and, and, and we don't do the things we know we're supposed to do, Here's the scary part for me. Familiar verse. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. On the day of judgment, which we all face, I don't want to, I don't want to get there and hear, well, you just went through the motions. Why, why should I let you in? You, didn't, you weren't really on fire for me. You weren't all in for me. You weren't relentless for me. You were all in or you were relentless when it was convenient for you. But that's not all in. You're either committed or you're not committed. I asked my high school soccer team this. If you're 99% committed, is that committed? Was Jesus 99% committed? No, he was 100% committed to the will of God. 99% is not committed. So, Matthew 7, verse 21. This, this is the part that scares me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. If I'm not all in, that's the scary part, because I'm just going through motions. I'm just, yeah, I'm a pretty good Christian. Is a pretty good Christian going to make it into heaven? I don't want to show up on that day and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I was pretty good on the day of judgment, because I don't think that's going to cut it for me. So I need... I need, to, I need to get all in for Christ. I need to be relentless for Christ, no matter what. All in and relentless. And I look at those banners every single day. And the more I look at them, the more it turns into, am I all in for Jesus? Am I, am I relentless for Jesus? 
Is my attitude every single day, and I know some days our, our attitudes are worse than others, um, unless that's just me, but um, is my attitude bringing people closer to Christ or pushing people further away from Christ? And so there's one way for sure to be all in Christ, and there's only two places in the Bible that talk about being in Christ. Romans 6, 3 and 4, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. So if you're not in Christ, then how are you all in for Christ if, you're, if that makes any sense at all? We got to get in Christ first. And then we got to be all in for him every single second of every single day. And then we got to be relentless everywhere we go. Relentless is never giving up. Yeah, I know. They've said, no, I don't want to study the Bible with you. Okay, I'll wait a week and I'll ask you again. I know, we, I know there, there's times that we can't make things. But are we truly seeking to be with the brethren as much as possible? Three times, three times a week is really not much compared to the first century church. So if, if, you're, if you need to be in Christ or you need prayers of the church, uh, for whatever reason, you can, you can come at this time as we stand and sing the invitation song. <clears throat>